Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the Spoiler Cast here on the Frog Pants Network. My name is Scott Johnson. That's Justin Robert Young. Hello. Hello, friends. Good to have you back. Uh, we come together on this hallowed occasion to discuss a man with uh, bones and uh, <laughs> stuff covering those bones that pop out of his wrists and yeah. cause all sorts of mayhem for him and his friends. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the old uh, Wolverine film. Mm, ye, ol- ye old Wolverine. From, you know what's uh, funny is yeah. like for some reason these because the, the two standalone films have kind of each been at a certain time when people were thinking about superhero movies. Right. You know, like the first one was like all title. It's like a 75 word title. Yeah. It's like. X-Men Origins, Wolverine, you remember the guy from the first movie and then the second movie. He's actually Hugh Jackson yeah. or Hugh Jackman. Jackman or something. And that, that, that whole sentence, including the mispronunciation of his name, was the actual <laughs> title. Yeah. And now it's just like Wolverine. Sure. Like Because now the trend is like super short. Yeah, like Cap- Captain title. America didn't even get his name is top billing in Captain America and Superman's not even Superman. He's man of steel. And exactly. Well, that, that was the dark Knight thing where it's like, let's just not say the word Batman yeah. at all. Yeah. Let's do everything, but say the word Batman. And this one, I'm surprised they didn't call him like claws out, man. <laughs> well, I mean, do you suppose that the first, the naming the big long naming of the first one of the X-Men in there was their way of the, the, the suits way of going, will people remember this? I mean, this is weird nerd stuff, right? Do people remember who this character is? And they- yeah, I'm sure. Well, that, and also I think what they wanted to do at the time, um, cause there was all this conversation about doing several standalone films, right? Because there was this whole conversation, uh, or apparently pre-production even on a Magneto standalone movie. Oh, and right. so those were going to be the first two, X-Men Origins films. Right. So that was that was supposed to be a ser- I didn't realize that was supposed to be a like the Origins thing was meant to be a series of films or Yeah. a bit like the books do. Like here's a here's a couple of monthlies. They're called, you know, Aquaman Origins and same yeah. with this other one with the Flash in it and eventually this is all going to come together Civil War style and <laughs> Yeah, get everybody together. Uh, bless you, by the way. No, but no, no, thank you. You're a kind <laughs> man. Uh <laughs> They, uh, yeah, because I think they wanted, yeah, it was like, it's like the Wu Tang clan, you know? Mm-hmm. Everything's right. more popular when they have their solo albums afterwards. So, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's a nice comp- uh, comparison. I enjoy it. All right. So, it's the, exactly. it's the Wolverine. It came out last week. The old dirty bastard of yeah, the X Men. That's right. The old dirty bastard of the X Men. He's, he's, uh, disheveled. That actually fits a lot. That's really more than, more than you think. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, the old dirty bastard of the X Men. Especially in the beginning. So, he's, he's living out in the mountains and the hills, uh, Somewhere I don't. Did they well, ever say yeah. where? Uh, no, uh, I guess for some reason I got like a Washington State kind of vibe. Yeah, from it. Totally, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, I mean, big, big uh, you know, big trees, lots of guys who like to hunt, that kind of stuff. Well, all right. Well, let, let's start. Let's start here. All I right. mean, do, do we want to give our overall reviews first? Yeah, I like that idea. Time? I'm just going to tell you that I really had a good time and enjoyed it. I, uh, I, I had fun with it. Yeah, uh, I did too. And uh, just because I enjoy courting criticism, I'm going to compare it to Pacific Rim. Um, I'm just going to, I'm just like, just as the hornet's nest has settled from the last time we did Finally, this, I'm, geez, gonna, holy I'm going to throw a, a, uh, a lance taken from the restaurant uh, event medieval times and just throw it right back into the hornet's yeah, nest. Yeah, so they did not. We, we got to just to reference that feedback. We, we, we did not have a lot of happy people with our opinions of Pacific <laughs> no. Rim. 
Um, no. and, and by no means, by the way, did we call it the worst film ever made or, or levy any kind of like crazy uh, terms like that to this film. We just kind of because I was way more critical than you were, oh, and yeah. you wound up getting way more of the criticism. People I did. Were, that's true. People were way more upset by the fact that you didn't like it than the fact that I actually thought it was a bad movie. Like, um, so anyway, here's the difference. All right. Because I think plot wise, you can nitpick a lot at the new Wolverine movie in the same way that we nitpicked a lot at the Pacific Rim movie. But look at the difference when you have a movie star. I mean, we talk a lot about, or like in Hollywood, they talk a lot about like, you know, well, this guy's a star. This guy has it. If you replace Hugh Jackman with the guy who was the lead in Pacific Rim, you just switch movies. I think Pacific Rim is a good movie. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I actually agree. Film. And, and, and by, by contrast, Wolverine becomes a much worse movie. A terrible movie. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it, it would it would legitimately be be not really fun to watch. But Hugh Jackman is just a great action star. Yeah. You know, beyond if this wasn't a comic book franchise and it was just, you know, pointy hands man, you know, <laughs> um, it would still be fun. It would still be a really fun movie because Hugh Jackman's just that good. I don't know. I think pointy hands man would be fun anyway, no matter what's going on. <laughs> Uh, I'm pointing hands, man. That's pretty, pretty good. Um, so yeah, he carries it for sure. I don't know that anybody else really does much. There's some, there's decent performances here and there, but for the most part, it's, uh, it's, it's him. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's everybody sort of hang. He is the sun for which everybody else orbits around. And mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed it. Uh, I liked it a lot. I walked out enjoying it. Uh, I was talking with Brett, uh, Roundsville, who I go to see a lot of movies with after we left and, uh, he was like, well, you know, and it didn't violate the uh, the entire city gets slowly destroyed thing, which happened. And then he quickly remembered that there was that whole bombing of Nagasaki thing in the first <laughs> three minutes. But at least we don't have to watch it in detail. Right. It just kind of happens for two seconds outside and then they jump in a well. Yeah, that was interesting how they handled that. I was I was curious how they were going to. And this, of course, this entire story, um, you could say, somewhat ripped from the comic pages. There's a there's an entire story, a four issue run written by Frank Miller. I forget who does the art uh, that deals with this thing, this trip to Japan, uh, the silver 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 samurai bit, his role in World War II, like all that stuff is in that comic. They changed a ton of it, and that's what you do. That's what movies do, and I'm fine with that. I'm not having a huge issue with that. But yeah. for those wondering, why is Wolverine in Japan? There's heavy precedence for this. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's very much a part of his, you know, the the backstory that people remember. Because oftentimes with comic books, it's not about, you know, a super every superhero at this point, especially for the big ones, yeah. you know, every superhero's been everywhere, Um all the time yeah you know they go everywhere which one right and they're working together already and stuff this is all this was very much like a a side story a a weird almost in a way a coming of age story for him or he had many of those where it was like "Ah, i'm pissed and i'm gonna go grow a huge beard and live in the woods and then he would you know kind of inch his way back to x-men hood and yeah the desire to get out get the hell out of that and that's kind of what this thing is is about and in, in a way I mean, the fr- I don't even. I couldn't even tell you what Origins ultimately was about. I really don't know, dude. Uh, about how, it was about how mutants caused Chernobyl, right? It I was guess. a documentary about how mutants caused Chernobyl. I guess, and it's about uh, you know his him. Getting, it was a Three Mile Island, which one? Was some, which one well, was it was it? something like whatever it was. It, it's a, there were Canadians. There was like. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Lady, it might have been Three Mile Island, I think. Lady Deathstrike, I think, was in there. Maybe there was something. something. Oh, everybody. I mean, they went with Gambit. Uh, they had, you know, and really that was the first time that we should have known that Taylor Kitsch was not a good actor <laughs> if he's not in Friday Night Lights, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. When, when, when he compares comparably to Will I Am in a movie acting wise, yeah. you know that uh, maybe you are not a leading man material. He wasn't great. He's a good looking guy that can play teenager in a football town in Texas. He, he, can, can, he, he can, can, well, it's just at, at some point when he is amazingly excellent and magnetic as a uh, dumb, but heart of gold football player guy. Yeah. You, and everybody seems to like him in real life. Yeah. You have to realize, well, maybe he's just the dumb heart of gold guy. <laughs> right. And when he just plays a dumb heart of gold guy, then he's good. And when he, Tries to play John Carter of Mars or Gambit. He just ain't. But this is not about that movie. No, no, no. And and this isn't about his career as an underwear model before that. We don't even want to get into that. We want to get, we want to bring things to current and get past that. The reason I bring up Origins in that way is I just wanted to make it clear that I thought Origins was a, was a jumbled mess of forget about bad effects, forget about, you know, weird treatment of other characters, uh, Deadpool, for example, and other stuff. Forget about all those things. The that movie was just a jumbled mess of plot holes and 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 moreover than I don't mind plot holes sometimes because at least it's a hole I can see and either step in or not. That yeah. movie didn't make any sense. I still don't really know what the story was about or what was going on or why people died or whatever. At least this movie, origin or uh, excuse me, the Wolverine, yeah, with the big the in front of it. Uh, that this movie has a plot you can follow it. There's there's uh, turns and twists. There's action padded with dialogue. Like it's a damn movie. Yeah. Well, here's my only main criticism. Um, it is the plot because I think the only time that the movie didn't work for me was when the movie got in its own way, plot wise. Right. Because there's a lot. I mean, as much as I would have preferred it to be a bit of a simpler story. I mean, you know, kind of the hook. You know, for. Especially knowing that the Silver Samurai is going to factor in to the movie at some point, sure, um, you can kind of see the hook coming. And you knew it was away. you knew it was Grandpa the minute uh, uh, Christina Ricci in Japan uh, <laughs> couldn't didn't have the vision right. She couldn't tell that. He, yeah, he, I didn't see his death. Oh, really? Because probably they're going to put him in the big metal suit because we know that's coming, and and that's just was as obvious as anything we've ever seen. <laughs> that being said. Pretty crappy mutant power. For <laughs> it's really bad. She's I can a good kind ninja, of but, sort yeah. of see people's deaths. It's like, good thing you learned Kung Fu, lady, because otherwise that would have stank on ice if you were just sitting around saying, I think he's going to die. Yeah. Plus, I'm she's all positive. the. And the movie proved that a lot of the deaths she sees are short deaths that weren't final. Like, she saw his death, but it wasn't done. It was yeah. it was his heart stopped for a minute, but then you know juice kicked back in and X Man popped out. But before that, she just sees up to that point. That's a that's a terrible power. What about some guy that got on yeah, the operating table? Did- oh, his heart stopped, Doctor. I saw his death. I saw his death. Well, he's back in thirty seconds. Is that like when you're trying to DVR something and it goes like five <laughs> minutes too long and you're just like, like, oh, wait, I was about to see it and then it ran out because yeah. I didn't set it for an extra thirty minutes afterward. Yeah, that's a goofy power. And they also um, they also lizarded up uh, Viper pretty good, made her okay. So yeah. and here we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a second. But right. here's the first. I mean, number I, I thought it was just kind of overcomplicated. Like there were too many uh, 
it, it's not the worst thing in the world to have too many like whodunit kind of things. Mm-hmm. But number one, I think that was not necessarily Wolverine's not a detective, right? You know, he's not Batman. Wolverine's, yeah, he's not Batman. He's not like putting together clues. Like usually the Wolverine motif is like there's a real complicated thing, and he's like, eh, screw it, yeah. and he just kind of leaves, and then somebody else has to convince him to come back and just sort of say, no, 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 he's the bad guy. You go be Wolverine in front of him. Right. Um, <laughs> right. So it, it puts him into kind of like a, a whodunit sort of plot, right? Because right. we're we're trying to wonder who's trying to kill everybody. And meanwhile, there's like – there's bad guys and then there's bad guys that like to take off their shirts and wear wife beaters that are apparently not the same as the first bad guys that just wear suits. <laughs> and then there's ninjas like halfway through. Yeah. So it's kind of a little bit overcomplicated and that's where I think the story sort of sags a little. But again, every time it does, you just get more Wolverine. And Wolverine's just kind of a fun guy when Hugh Jackman is playing him. Well, this is kind of my issue um, with a lot of superhero movies and I don't know why everyone does this. There's a tendency to bring in too many villains and I don't understand why that's a and, and the first Wolverine movie did this to a, a major excess and even tried to turn a couple of heroes into villains. Yeah, but, but this movie does it too. Um, Dark Knight, for as much as I love that movie and think it's freaking brilliant, um, kind of well, gave, Batman Begins. Batman Begins even has like three villains. You're right, and so, and the and the newer one had more than its share. And you deal with this with Iron Man. The latest Iron Man uh, has been criticized quite a bit for. Well, in in one way, kind of ruining one villain and making another villain out of that villain and kind of inventing oh, something that was cooler that was, than the comics. That was so good. I God. liked it. I thought that I liked was great. It a lot. Yeah. Well, number one, all right, listen, and this will be another little sojourn. Um, I think I talked about it on, on the morning stream when it came out. But let's let's all not pretend like the Mandarin was a great villain. Okay. Right. He, right. he wasn't great. He never was great. He was always he was a cheese a racist ball. caricature. Right. Okay. Right. Like it was written for a bygone era when it was okay to make fun of Asians because we were at war with them. Right. You know, like carrying so, over our silver age racism into the modern yeah. day is not a good idea. But instead, why don't you do something creative like make him fake? Again, yeah, spoiler spoiler cast, great. everyone. Just a reminder. This is a spoiler cast. We're spoiling, we are free to spoil everything. Yeah. <laughs> so not even just for this. But yeah, I mean, to 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 kind of instruct, you know, to to give that construct to it, I thought was fantastic. And really was better for me, for my money, than what they did with Bane in the end of, of Dark Knight Rises. Oh, because yeah. Yeah. you had kind of a similar construct where the idea that uh this menace was uh, not the true, you know, they not, the, were, they not were, the real enemy, right? One, one might say, Scott, that they were a phantom menace. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say that. Uh, don't ever say yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's a bad thing to say. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, I thought that was really, really good. And this one, it's just, it's just kind of too many bad guys. You know, is it the asshole fiance? Is it the jerk father? Is it the lizardy viper lady? Is right. it, you know, the the kind of love of the lady's life, but is also kind of possibly fallen into the wrong hands, right. but maybe he is actually a jerk. Yeah. Like we don't quite know um, until he kind of makes his heroic stand. And then there's also this element where, you know, you go through half the movie and there's like the moment at the hotel where it's like, Oh, it's a love hotel. Uh, and <laughs> it, it, it sort of sets up the idea that Wolverine is this kind of isolated guy and there's not going to be this love sexual relationship with the woman who's he's protecting Maiko or uh, whatever her name was Mike. Yeah. Maiko or whatever. Yeah. And then like, you know, 
15 minutes later, it's like, nope, psych, we can't actually put these two together and have them not make out. So here they're going to make out. Yeah. Uh, and then also, can I just ask you, I mean, you've watched a lot of uh, movies for film sack and sure. everything. Sure. Uh, and this happens a lot in superhero movies where like characters start making out and then they're like lying on a bed together. Yeah. Like, are we supposed to assume that they banged or is it just like, <laughs> All right, you look, know, in the PG, PG-13 world that, that the Wolverine uh, fills, that lives yeah. where he lives in. And by the way, one other thing I wanted to say about this movie that leads to this, way better violence. And not, I'm not saying I got to have lots of violence to be satisfied in my film going. I'm just saying the Wolverine is a violent mother effer and he is tearing yeah. stuff up all the time. And this movie did a really good job of retaining their PG-13 rating but making a lot of off-camera stuff happen that made you cringe. And yeah. that's awesome. But, and also, Wolverine yeah. uh, fights are hard to choreograph. They really like are. They really they're, are. They're challenging to choreograph because like, as much as it's claws coming out of hands are cool, yeah. um, they're, they're complicated to think about, well, how does this actually work? Right. You got a, a dude fighting you with a sword. What does that look like? Yeah. You're blocking shots. How are you? How are you blocking those shots? Like that hand, the, the fight with the, the dad was handled really well. I thought, I thought that was, that was pretty awesome. Except for the fact that he gets his powers back. And then like really the only thing that he's that like the benefit of his powers is he could be crappier at fighting. <laughs> he did take, he was a pin cushion. <laughs> See, he's just like, cause it's not like he's like, yeah, go ahead. Stab me. Yeah, right. Right. Whatever. I'm the, the Wolverine. You can stab me. Took like, a go nuts. sword right he's to like the gut, trying, pulled it He's out. like trying to fight him and it's just failing. I mean, he was basically healing from a disembowelment while he took the next sword to the chest. And then while that was healing, I got sliced three more times. Like that, he was, I mean, it was like, here, check it out. I'm, I'm healing faster than anyone ever could. And who am I? I'm the Wolverine with the great cheesy line. I really liked it though. I thought that stuff was great. And I, I liked that it was nice and violent, but it brings me to the point with the girl yeah. Uh I think it's um it's an old way of doing this. Like it's a it it's it I'm not saying this is good or bad. It just struck me as a little old an, an old-fashioned way of Hollywood implying something. And the implication is there is that oh well, we don't need to see this. We need to see yeah. a bunch of blood and stabbing, but we don't need to see the uh the consummation of this uh a clear this clear attraction here. So what we're going to show instead is kiss, fade out and then wake up pretty much fully clothed uh, as if nothing had happened the night before. And I feel like that's kind of an old John Boy kind of Walton's kind of thing to do. You know, <laughs> It is kind of weird, though, because like it's one of those things like, did they just make out and then just sort of cuddle? Yeah. And also, does that by proxy mean that Wolverine's a cuddler? <laughs> He's a bad cuddler. Listen, we already know from X-Men 1 how bad of a cuddler he is because he'll, good... he'll wake up and stick you right in the rogue. If you're not paying attention. <laughs> exactly. And then in this one, he almost does it again to her and, and, all, and, and, and coming. Doesn't, doesn't that mean that he loves cuddling? <laughs> that guy, he understands that it's a dangerous proposition, but he can't stay away. Scott, I guess he's got cuddling on the brain. Look, if I recall, dating was a complicated thing and there were, sometimes yeah. you'd be making out with a girl and then she'd go, just watch a movie and you just yeah. sit there and that's you gotta a, roll with it and that's yeah. fine and so maybe he was just roll he was just rolling with it but that brings me to another thing i really liked about the movie so so listen to us everybody talking about a movie in some positive ways here check this out i really liked the gene gray stuff okay this is the other big point and yes i liked go, it well, a ahead, lot i don't think the movie is half as good without it I think it's core to the character. It's core to the, his his persona in the comics, or at least 
large swaths of the comics. And I feel like that stuff really grounded him as who the Wolverine is, who Logan is, what makes him uh, kind of a mess, and illustrated really well his, I guess, evolution through the film uh, to sort of get over his major hangups and get back to what he's supposed to be doing with these powers he has. I th- and without being real overt or even saying it, that, that stuff's all implied by these really great vignettes where he's either near death and having this experience where he's talking to Jean Grey or he's dreaming 50 times over talking to Jean Grey or one time the dream turns into what's-her-name sticking her tongue down his throat and putting a freaking uh, uh, Matrix bug in his chest. Um, like all that kind of – whatever those things were, I don't know what you even call those things. I thought they were handled really well. And it was nice to see Famke Jansen looking hot as ever, doing what she does. Um, that was great. Yeah, you, aged well. Yeah, Famke. she looks great. She looks great. She looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, she's I no, she's no Bond villainess it, anymore. But oh, you thought yeah. so? You thought it was too much? Explain. Well, it, no, it wasn't too much. It was just that we kind of got the ethereal, um, you know, kind of Greek chorus. I'm going to announce what's going to happen before it happens element and it's not like we found out those visions were something you know i guess it would be one thing, especially with the end when we have and i'm sure we can go 30 minutes on on the final scene that happens during the credits um but it's not like we find out that she's trying to communicate with him you right, know right and that, that this is something else other than him just dreaming well it just is- yeah yes and no see there's i mean i know that well, whatever. The comics are so janked up with the whole Jean Grey's alive, Jean Grey's dead, Phoenix has risen again stuff. Like, that stuff is yeah. so f- 50 different ways from Tuesday, like, out there right now. But yeah. there is, there's still a little piece of me that goes, eh, you know, she was one hell of a telepath. She could, you know, maybe... Well, of course. I mean, I guess that's the thing, is that they just didn't do anything with it. It wasn't like he thought it was that and then finds out at the end that it is just him dreaming. It's not like yeah. he thinks it's him dreaming and then he finds out that, like, she's saying something that she could only know if she were actually communicating. Yeah. It's just her kind of always in this, uh, you know, in this sort of dream state where she's just kind of repeating the same stuff. And uh, it was good to see her. Yeah. You no, know? I think and, you're, I and, think and, you're and right. Was, Maybe overdone, but there was a, but, but what I, I guess, I guess the part that made me okay with all of that is the humanization effect it had on him. There was this little boy in this giant, hairy, muscular, bladed <laughs> man that has metal yes. for bones and that little boy's never this big hairy cuddle monster. <laughs> He's ne- that boy has never been allowed to come out and 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 shed a little bit, you know. Like she, Jean Grey brought Logan out of the Wolverine in, in the comics and in the in the kind of the core lore of all this. And yeah. by doing that, I feel like the the writers and directors are giving us some of that. And it's and it's to me, it was a welcome thing. It wasn't just ah, I'm tough and I'm terrible and I'm 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 going to rip you all to shreds and I'm, f- I'm frustrated and I'm my brow's always furrowed and my forehead's always wrinkled in this Hugh Jackman kind of way and it's going to storm out of here all the time. There's all those aspects to the Wolverine, but there's this one little piece where he is soft and that yeah. that I think is important. No matter how you get it in there, I felt like it was important. But that's always been part of the character, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it, that he is his humanity and his suffering. Um, which has been something that really, if you look at kind of uh, where bad superhero movies kind of happen, is they are replicating, you know, what Wolverine was in those first X-Men movies, which were the first big super blockbuster 
you know, superhero films. Yeah, early, two, like, was it 2001? That thing was a monster hit. Yeah, it was huge. And it was before Spider-Man, I believe. Yeah. Um, you know, and that really set the archetype. Like, it was, okay, let's get these great actors and way overcast, you know? It's like we're talking about superheroes that wear tights. Let's get, like, Shakespearean actors <laughs> to play these people like they did with Ian McKellen and uh, Patrick Stewart. Right. Like, and that so much set set the the mold for it that I think a lot of times you see, I mean, even, like, it's become a joke with, like, the sad superhero meme, you know, for movie posters. The idea that a superhero's humanity is what makes these films work was really kind of first done right. by, by Wolverine, by Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and it, that was so, and it worked great for for the audience, for the comic book going audience, because that is the perfect character yeah. to do it. Yeah. You know, that it, he's all. It, it opened things up too for Nolan and others to like say, okay, well, this is where I wanted to take Batman. So are you gonna let me now? Well, yeah, but but Nolan was great because he was the reason why those are next level is because he's like, well, yes, listen, there's pain to this, but you kind of have to. Batman has to be a sociopath. Yeah, you know, so it's almost like. The idea that, like, yeah, you can have pure of heart, but it's like uh, you have to become this weirdo, yeah. you know, to to do it. Like, there is a human toll, which is why his trilogy ends with him saying, with with Bruce Wayne saying, "Listen, Batman is an unsustainable proposition. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I either die as Batman or stop being Batman, right. and and that's that's the only two options. There's no happy ending that's for the guy who who becomes Batman." Okay, there are two moments in this movie that I think need addressing that, that made me kind of smirk in a cheese way. Like, okay, okay. Guess, like what are you doing here? And one of them was if we're going to stop the Wolverine from getting to the weird hanging off the cliff lab, uh, where, yeah. where silver, uh, samurai's hanging out, we need to do it this way about 400 ninjas and then arrows <laughs> with ropes on them. And then we're just going to keep shooting arrows into him until we have enough ropes on him that he can't move anymore. Yeah, and that's how we'll do it. Um, it's it's I listen. I is love, that a ninja thing? I guess I just talked that up to like that. That's like some ancient Japanese. There's people in Tokyo watching that, being like, "Oh, of course." Yeah, yeah. well, no, this is ninjas. You shoot arrows with ropes, right? Yeah. This is what we It'd do. It'd be like in the same way, like if somebody in India was like, "Well, like, why does the cowboy have a six shooter and spurs on his feet?" Like, it's like we know that because that's an American art form, right? Why is this? Where does he wear that gun so low on his hip? Or yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess I could. Maybe this is true. I'll, I'll give him this. Fine. I don't know. I mean, listen. If you're living in Japan, then let us know whether this is a ninja thing or they were just like, no, nah, cool. Hey, listen. Who doesn't love what? What would make an arrow better? Yeah. Rope. I, to me, it just started. End. It looked like a. I don't know. Like a like a hellish marionette. Like just. It was weird yeah. and, 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 and just kind of like this, Oh, one more arrow and we've got him. I don't know. There's something about that whole sequence that bugged me, but the bigger, the bigger bug here was old man in the suit. Yeah. Um, it's like, I don't even have a problem with the core idea of this. The problem I had with it was, and this one, this guy wanted to live forever. It's, it's a, it's a com, it's a tropey thing to want to, you know, it's, it's yeah. eternal life and, and he wants to get it no matter how he can get it. And he's not going to get it voluntarily. So let's cut the claws and, dig deep and do our thing but him inside that suit barking off his uh monologue about why he's doing his dastardly deed yeah just fell it just felt like big melty cheese and 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 i don't know how you do that well better. Both i don't know of what those, you do both of the main antagonists uh, not counting the is he bad or is he good right a summer fling boyfriend guy <laughs> um ninja uh. um 
seemed to struggle the most under like I mean and it's easy to blame it on like the fanboy culture you know that it's like oh well like Viper was in the comics I want to see Viper on you know on screen mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know same Silver Samurai I want to see the Silver Samurai you know so you got to put them in in a way that's compelling right. and Viper obviously was changed a lot from the comic but I, she felt I would almost just rather somebody that was just kind of a villainous person as opposed to someone who spits acid. Yeah. Cause she know? doesn't, she doesn't like that in the comics. She's, she's got these things she can do, but it's not like she's got skin to pull off after she falls your, your first death. You just shed, I guess. Yeah. Stuff, or like, stuff like that. Like the real snake aspect of her was really overdone here. And silver samurai was something where it's like, all right, well the plot of it is he's trying to change Wolverine's powers to him, which I kind of also felt like we needed some sort of demonstration that that process worked <laughs> at some point during the movie, right? Because we just kind of take it. It's like it's not something we've ever heard in, uh, you know, the history of these movies. Like, like this is possible, sure. you know? Sure. And then he's like, I have uh, perfected uh, changing the powers, you know? And then, like, he's like, he's going to do it. And I guess, like, we kind of see it working but right. also like we don't know whether it stops wolverine from having the powers right. it just seems like it'd be really awesome if he does it and then he's like oh no <laughs> turns out it uh should have carried the one this is impossible right no testing no in lab no, uh, at some point yeah. it's not like he gets the like you know the lizard lady's powers or whatever you know and then he's like well now we'll try wolverine right like he's just kind of taking it on faith and then also it's like you have to put if the changing of these powers is the narrative device mm-hmm. that we are fighting over, right. it is the center of our conflict, and you want to have the final fight be Wolverine versus the Silver Samurai, you had to kind of have this clumsy idea that the Silver Samurai is also the device that changes the powers. Yeah. You know, like this wouldn't be easier to do with him in a hospital bed. And, you know, other actual medical equipment. We have to put it in this gigantic adamantium <laughs> mech machine. Right. Which none of it. See, again, purists are going to be. Well, I, I assume some purists are irritated because this character's in the books is a dude. His first appearance yeah. is in Daredevil, of all things. The the uh, the armor he wears is just known as silvery metal which is where he gets the name from. He has this power to charge his katana, just make it kind of hot, which they kind of reference there a little bit. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I think that's that's clearly put forward. But it's yeah, like it, he's there for – this is the but this is the problem. You diminish the value of a villain. Like, for example, uh, the, the Schumacher Batman where it's got Bane in it uh, for like five yes. seconds. Batman forever. That one, that worst one. Wait, is that the worst one? I think Batman and Robin's worst, but whatever. They're all oh, Batman. no, no, no. Was this Batman? I think it was Batman and Robin because it was... Uh, Schumacher's just bad. It's whoever Two-Face was in. I don't know which one that was. No, was it was... It? Wasn't that Tommy Lee Jones? Poison Ivy. No, 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 no. It was Poison Ivy that teamed up with Bane. Yeah. It was Poison Ivy, Mr. Freeze, and Bane. Oh, no way. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. And oh. then the, the Batman Forever was... So was Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face and Jim Carrey as the Riddler. You're right. Okay. You're absolutely right. For some reason, I have them all in the same room in my head, which is weird. All of those characters you just mentioned are all in the same place for some reason. But anyway, they're all what, And by the way, like it, it's funny. You look at that, and that used to be the template for how to make right? superhero movies. Right. You know? 
And then if you look at like, that's why X-Men was so important in terms of this genre of film, because X-Men was like, no, we are not doing that. Let's do this other thing where we like, we overcast for actors and take it way more seriously. Yeah. I mean, they made a few missteps. Sabretooth was real bad in that first movie and was not the Sabretooth that is anything close to the real Sabretooth. You Wait, also, which one? Uh, in, the first, in, the first X-Men It's really the only misstep as far as villains go. I they, like they handled Magneto. Great. It's a complex, diverse, very interesting character. They deal a lot with um, uh, uh, even Toad was even was Toad has a wicked tongue, to, Senator. To, Toad's a cool like they, there was some cool stuff going on, but the way they dealt dealt with Sabretooth and how he came into the story and was a total basically a mute that was that was stupid. But and, anyway, the point yeah. be, the point being, you half bake these villains and you and you under and then you underutilize or you spend all your 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 cash before you've had a chance to really window shop. So when you've got Silver Samurai with this rich thick long history uh and then you just deal with it in 10 minutes say he's got uh, you know he's, he's made out of wolverine metal yeah then and then he's out we're done he's off the cliff and into the thing you've basically done like two-faced tommy lee jones you've just one yeah. one note villain this thing and it's not in, is not as interesting and, well i, I guess well, i guess I, I prefer I, the I, way I, I prefer the way nolan treats his villains uh over how yeah. others do you know, I would say if you are looking, I agree with you in that I think I would have preferred a, I would have preferred a story where, let's say, the Silver Samurai was another character that, you know, kidnaps the old man, you know, right. uh, and then it's Wolverine trying to protect his, his granddaughter right. and then eventually going to rescue the old man and then you find out at the end that the old man is in on it. Or something like that, you know, right. that it just would have simplified things a little bit and just make it more of a linear plot as opposed to the like, I don't know who who's behind this. Is it the Yakuza? Is it sure. the other guy? You know, sure. And I and, um, and Silver Samurai. Is it, it Jade from Mortal Kombat? Yeah. <laughs> may as well be a mortal. That, you know what? The Viper in this may as well have been a Mortal Kombat villain. She was totally that. That, that was it, right. Jade was the one that, that spit acid yeah right? yeah she was the one yeah ripped off her mask but acid she's the one with yeah. the big uh baraka mouth i think they yeah. played a lot of mk did you put a little time in that in the arcade back in the day oh dude come on man that dude, was my demo that's great that's great i love i love me some mortal Kombat. so silver samurai spent a bunch of time as a as a actually a hero for a time like working with the x-men like all this stuff will never be told because we just went ahead and just did the one note hey it's a suit i just well, built it's sitting in the room i'm gonna go sit in there and it'll help me survive i can even crap in it here's the thing the more we make comic book movies and the better they are the more they'll make more comic book movies that are good yeah so it's like listen we are moving into a world of infinite comic book movies i don't ever really get too worked up about anything where it's like oh they mishandled that because there's going to be a world where, you know, if X-Men movies become super popular again, then they'll do everything, you know. Or maybe they're, they're, they do another Daredevil now that Marvel owns the Daredevil rights. Maybe they do a Daredevil, a Daredevil series and they're going to need villains for that. And if Silver Samurai yeah. is like, if fits for that, then you do it there. That's a totally good point. So, so what I need to do is do more of is what Marvel's trying to get me to do. Um, and Marvel's been doing this for a while, probably since Iron Man in, in earnest. But they've been trying to make me forget or forget that movies are once in a lifetime and start thinking of them as the almost at the same almost the same rate even uh just years instead of months but i'm getting enough of them that i'm getting them like the comics and the comics change stuff up constantly 
Yeah. So if I'm okay with, uh, I don't know, Punisher being way more pissed in this limited six-issue run somebody's doing, yeah, I should be okay with a third version of the Punisher where they try to finally get it right, and I shouldn't be going, eh, couldn't do it the first two times. You know, like, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get away from I mean, that crappy, nerd thing. Crappy takes on these characters are as much a a part of being a comics fan as anything else, yeah. right? Experimentation like, and all that tolerance, stuff. Tolerance for crap is a necessary <laughs> Yeah. Uh, skill if you want to follow these characters. You yeah. know, you have to wade through a lot of crap to find the good stuff. I think that's a really good point. And I and I hope that that I'm right. That the, well, well, I know I'm right because, look, the la- if you take the last 10 years and you add up all the tickets, sales, mm-hmm. a, a considerable, if not predominant amount of box office success is now in the hands of fantasy and comic book franchises. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, this stuff. Um that that's where all the money's going to be made, and and Star Wars just hasn't done enough lately to to be in that fight. Now they're going to be, and then but then again, it's just back in the same nerd hands again, and that's what rules the box office now. Nobody's going to see Doctor Shivago. No, we're not doing <laughs> we're not doing those anymore. Well, you know, I think that there's, you know, uh, this is a larger conversation about TV what, does that what, now. What movies are, don't are, do that anymore. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, like you, you're seeing movies like like for. Fruitvale Station is doing well for its budget. Like you're seeing actually as we kind of wring our hands about how big movies are bombing, you're seeing a lot of small movies and like movies at budgets that previously used to be like shoestring, like like nobody but like Richard Linklater and Kevin Smith were making movies for mm. or Robert Rodriguez, you know, while he's selling his own blood for medical science. <laughs> like, you know, we're making movies for around a million dollars. And yeah. now you're seeing, you know, movies like that regularly come out uh, with, with name kind of talent, or at least people you've seen before sure. and overperform at the box office. But all right, let's focus on the future. The future. Of the future the future of the X-Men of the Wolverine. You want you to talk about the big spoiler at the end, the big uh, Well, here's the here's the thing. And obviously, I listen, caught this the Geritol scene, by the way. This movie kind of ends with like <laughs> it's almost set up for like the next movie. It'll be Wolverine and the other chick, yeah. you know, with the crappy I saw your death mutant power. Yeah. And it's like Hey, what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's go take off and then land somewhere. Like as if we're going to see like another movie where it's them just like solving mysteries, right. you know? Yeah. And then we get like, and then you can imagine in the span of time that the credit takes before it goes to this other scene, uh, you might as well just have a taped conversation <laughs> of 20th Century Fox executives <laughs> that are like, hey, uh, so what did X-Men First Class do at the box office? What? That's great. Let's do a sequel. Yeah. You know what would be fun is if we did Days of Future Past, which is the most popular of all the X-Men lines, um, of all the X-Men stories. And we took, you know, now we have this old cast. We have a new cast. This is great. We can do a perfect version of this. And then it's like, all right, well, uh, we're doing that other Wolverine movie where we're has this whole other plot line. It's like, oh, okay, enough of that. No, forget that. <laughs> that's garbage. That's him and the girl solving mysteries. It's just, that's stupid. So then it just like comes up on this other scene two years later. So forget about anything else that happened before. You're not worried about that other chick. It's just Wolverine randomly going to an airport for no reason. For a quick, for a quick TSA joke. And then he glances up because he can't go through the metal detector. He glances up, sees a screen, 
and I forgot the name already, but it's Trask. Uh, Trask yeah, Trask Industries. Industries is doing a little commercial. He's seeing a little uh, prosthetic hand thing happening, and you know that uh, Tyrion Lannister's behind it all because we've all seen previews of this, so we know what's going on there. And then yeah. you see uh, Gandalf comes up behind him, makes all the metal shake. Well, I mean, this is, listen, this is a, a nerd uh, ejaculate <laughs> factory. This is... I mean, it's amazing. It hits all the notes. Uh, and it just reminds you how much you loved those X-Men movies, yeah. even when they got bad. And you love the, the casting. and oh, yeah. oh, God. It just just that the the change rattling, you know, it's just like it is. It may as well be fan fiction. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I love it. I, I was so uh, it just it just hits. It's like all of a sudden, if you go to a concert and, you know, like, like you, you went to go see They Might Be Giants, right? You know, when those that opening keyboard strain of uh, Birdhouse in Your Soul yep. comes on, yep. you're just like, yes, yeah. I've heard this song a million times and I'm really excited to hear it again. It tweaks you. It definitely tweaks you. When, when, when you see uh, Patrick Stewart roll up in his, uh, in his thing, oh, and his it's rascal. pretty great. The only problem, the only problem is not really a problem, but it, I don't know, a little part of my heart breaks as I realize these, these two men are like a thousand years old now. And I'm starting to worry about these national treasures, these international treasures, not being with us <laughs> anymore, which sounds hey, morbid, but they looked really old in number that. Number one, yeah, okay. And Ian McKellen, but that's kind of Ian McKellen's thing. Is like he, you know, in, in the parlance of Will Smith, he makes this look good. Yeah, he can wear a tight, like, gay pride shirt and blow us all away. Oh, like, my God. Tomorrow, I've so. always thought that he should be the face of, of gay uh, rights. Like, yeah, I think nobody's not going to take Ian, Ian McKellen. <laughs> just could rock any he just gets up on the mic and just says well i believe we should all marry yeah <laughs> just conservatives the westboro baptist church would be like yeah they, they drop their signs you know? and just get on board i know um so he uh, picard was looking story. rough but anyway yeah okay hey listen number one picard's like what married to a chick like a year younger than i am yeah she's like, <laughs> like 32 that, or 31 or that something dude he's doing a okay yeah, he's doing himself. all right he's doing all right um, he's still a handsome man don't get me wrong it's just I, yeah I'm, I'm i'm there was weird makeup going on maybe that was what was bugging me yeah you, maybe a little bit yeah, but a little something something there listen it was awesome and it really just gets you set and apparently that trailer that they ran at comic-con yeah uh, or the test footage looked dope. I was kind of hoping that that was going to be at the end of of Wolverine, or at the very uh, least, leak somewhere. It hasn't done that. No one's seen it. Yeah, you know, I was hoping that they would do like the thing that they did at the end of was it which which movie was it? was it Thor was the last movie or Captain America was the last movie before Avengers? Oh, where they uh, did like well, no, yeah, like, the, the Tesseract thing at the end of. Uh, I don't remember which one that was now. Was that the end of Thor or was that the end of... Yeah, it uh, might have been Captain America. I think Captain America was the last movie. Yeah, because remember the test footage or the, oh, or the right. thing at the end right. is like uh, what is is Steve Rogers punching the bag being like, can't sleep? Well, guess what? We're the friggin' Avengers now. And then like they went through like just like that real quick mm-hmm. like, you know, like some assembly required. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was the one. 
uh, I was hoping that, that there would be a little bit of that for, for Days of Future Past. <clears throat> it's close. Loved, it's close. I loved First Class. I thought First Class was awesome. First Class was, uh, was First Class. It was really good. I thought it was um, – I thought everybody in it was amazing and I was – I'm super stoked about what they're going to do with this. Uh, I hope it's in the right hands. I hope people know what they're doing. I'm a little, a little worried Brian about – Brian Singer. Is it you know, Brian? Listen. What, what, what? Oh, Wait, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't Brian know that. Yeah. Okay, well, I know he's no good at the Superman business, but he showed what he could do with, I mean, X Men oh, 2 still been the top comic book movies of all time for me. Great. Yeah, no, it, he's, he's awesome. Okay, you know? great. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see. And X Men was always his thing. Sure, you know, sure. Brian, Brian Singer, obviously, somebody who, who is oftentimes uh, dwells upon um, outsiders and, and, and kind of acceptance into society many times uh you know a super 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 heavy-handed you know gay analogy and stuff like that but that's always been great for the x-men mythos well that's that's what the x-men is the x-men has always been a at its core it's why it's like the star trek effect it's when is it at its best when it's addressing society's whatever's and in this particular case, it's gay stuff. In the '60s, it was it was just human rights. It was it was racial civil rights, rights and yeah. Yeah, civil rights right. and stuff. And whatever it is, the X Men fit because somebody somewhere is getting screwed. So yeah. you got us, you know, political forces. And there's the idea that you know now I'm sure he's going to hammer home. You know, the idea with the the debate over the Sentinels will sound a lot like the debate over the border fence you know, yeah. in Mexico. You know? Yeah, dude. Like um, oh, Sentinels, dude. And we're gonna get Sentinel. Oh, I'm so excited about that! And now, that, here, here. Uh, final, that, that final, trailer, final. by the way, that new trailer, that teaser they put out today, it was like the yeah. fake commercial. Those Sentinels look fine in that, but if you really want to see something, people should hunt down these screenshots they have, like of set shots. Things are towering monsters. It's awesome. Oh, it's awesome. So good. Sentinels, of course, one of the most iconic X Men. You know, in yeah, terms yeah. of X Men iconography, it's like the Blackbird. Uh, you know, the X Men, the Xavier School for the Gifted, and Sentinels. Yeah, like, it's awesome. Sentinels, Especially because they were such a big part of the animated series, which was a, a huge way of introducing it. Oh my gosh, that show. All right, one final thing, yeah. just to wrap it up. All right. um, the one thing that I thought was really, to me, again, this would be one of those recorded studio moments or something. Right. That because Wolverine had that awesome, like, two words with one of them being a curse word uh, cameos <laughs> in, in first class, yeah. I kind of felt that even though they went for PG-13, yeah. that it's like, Let's just have him unnecessarily say the F word. Like <laughs> Again. Times. Yeah. yeah, they do. I mean, you get what? One or two now for free in a PG-13 yeah. or whatever it exactly. is. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's just like, but it's like ridiculous. It's like, I want an F and Coke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was thrown in there a little bit. I, whatever. I, I hear those things. No, I thought it was good. I thought it was great. But it's, I, it's I, don't think that, I don't think that it happens if he doesn't curse in first class. I completely agree. Yeah. And it's also, it's more befitting that character. Like, if anyone's going to cuss in the Marvel Universe, it's, yeah. the, it's him and Punisher. Nobody else really cusses. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, maybe Ghost Rider. I mean, once in a while, yeah, Ghost Rider, maybe. But then you can barely hear him through his freaking fire face. And the other, and, and once in a while, you might get, like, Scott Summers going, damn it! But it's never, like, a big, <laughs> you know, my sunglasses know. aren't working. I just destroyed a tank exactly. or whatever. And, and you know. Maybe Nightcrawler yells Shiza at some point. <laughs> right. Uh, the German guy, of uh, course. Uh, all right. Well, here. I got to go do Edison. Yeah, go do your but, thing. We're done. Uh, everybody uh, go. I, I think that we recommend this movie. I think you should see yeah. it. It's, I mean, listen, uh, it's, I, I, it was, it's really, really fun. And yeah. uh, I, I enjoyed it. I walked out enjoying it. 
uh, even though uh, I was talking to Andrew Maine, uh, and he's like, he hadn't seen it yet, and he's like, ah, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things that when you see part of the trailer where they're fighting on a train, it just you might as well just hold up a sign saying we've run out of ideas. Yeah. Um, and here's and our I CGI agree. budget, and I agree with that too, but you know what? That train sequence was so much better than the commercial I, thought. Made me I think. liked it. I liked it. But, and I really, really liked the fact that it was almost like they were sensitive to that criticism, and they have to have like a really ham-handed dialogue scene between Wolverine and the girl where it's like, bullet train, huh? <laughs> Yeah, goes three hundred miles an hour, and like they should like just look in the camera and say, "Get it?" Because it's not like a regular train. Right. It's not like the subway battle in in Spider Man Two. Yeah. And it's not like every other fighting on top of a train yeah. movie. Hey, it's hey, a yeah. Train. Hey, hey, America, it's different over there. So <laughs> let's make sure we tell you as much as we can. Uh, yeah, it's good. You should see it. Take your uh, loved ones. It's fun. I had a ball with it. And uh, hopefully whatever we watch next will be just as good. If you guys want to send feedback to the show, you should. Scott at frogpants.com. Let us know what you think. This should be on the new feed this week. So uh, enjoy that. hell yeah. It'll be really good. Justin Robert Young, thanks, man. Bye. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. (laughs) 